0: Hey everybody, it's Joel from the Board Game Mechanics. I'm here with my co-host and friend. Hey guys, what is going on? It is Jason. You, all, you just assumed that you're my friend, though, Jason.
1: <laughs> That's true. I did make that assumption.
0: <laughs> I might have a puppet here with me, too. <laughs> all
1: right, well, I'll wait. Am I the one that you're referencing? Yeah, absolutely. Right, you're right. my friend, Jason. Good, good,
0: good. Um, so, yeah, Uh, man... We are, I think things are popping a little bit right now over here. I, I'm just kind of amazed that things keep growing the way they do. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. I'm becoming a little bit of a perfectionist, maybe, but I don't know. I'm I'm making a lot of YouTube videos. You're you've always made a bunch of YouTube videos, and that thing's growing like we're getting like a lot of subs, so that's pretty good. Uh, this thing's still our biggest product, probably. Uh, so if you're listening to this, man, we love that. And we hit 400 followers on
1: Instagram today.
0: That's not what I was going to say, but that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, No, we we keep getting reviews too. So you guys have really answered the call of like, giving us some reviews and sharing stuff. So yeah, if you, if you share our stuff, that helps us so much. Um, so you really are our fans, but you're also, we feel like you're our friends too. Like we'd love the interaction with you guys. Um, and actually, to be honest, this podcast is responsible for several friendships that I have now, uh, people I consider friends. So uh, if you're in that Facebook group where we pester each other all working day, every day, practically, <laughs> um, I kind of love it. It makes the day go by really fast. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, it is, it is a nice group. Sometimes I do have to mute it though. I'll be charging my phone on my computer base and I'm like, burnt, burn. burn, burn. <laughs> Come on, man. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. For sure. Or I'll just like totally mute my phone and I'll look up and it has like that little floating head <laughs> on Android where the messenger group is at and it says like 40. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Uh, so before we go too much farther, the day we're recording this, I wanted to give a shout out, happy birthday to one of our big fans and I just want to say happy birthday to Mr. Picorney because his birthday is officially today.
0: It is his birthday, huh? It is. The big five oh, that's pretty good, PC. Yeah, is it I was say, is that how old he is? <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> think so. If he's fifty he looks good for fifty. Um <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think so. <laughs> he certainly doesn't act fifty. Uh well that's true. He was on the show. I was just thinking about him. He was on the show back when back when we were nobodies. And couldn't get any <laughs> guests,
1: Jason. He was on our show. Hey, it was fun. It was a good episode.
0: No, I was thinking about it because I was like, I think I had the worst day of work ever when he was on the show. So I was like super quiet and just like, <laughs> it was awkward. So we should maybe have him on again. He deserves a second crack. Um, There's a few people in the in the Riveted that I wouldn't mind having come on the show and just hanging out with us. I mean, like, there's some really cool people out there. Yeah, uh, I agree. Bo- both the Tims getting a shout out from me. Scott. Um, man, there's just some really cool people in there, and I'm and I can't name everybody, but uh, the other Joel, he's a cool guy. Um, and I mean, like Jeremy, you don't get another shout out,
1: sorry. Um, (laughs) yeah, he got enough last week.
0: (laughs) So so anyway, we got a bunch of really cool fans, and those are like the core group. Um, man, it's just I love that our show's the size it is that we get not national recognition, but we get publishers to say, hey, we think you're like legitimate, but we're still small enough that we can still. Keeper anonymity. Um, like no one's asking me for autographs, but also like we have like personal connections with our fans and I love that. So thank you for being our friends and fans and uh, all we're asking is that you share so we become big time and forget about you.
1: Thank you for
0: being a friend. Jason, there's a third copyright
1: <laughs> strike. The, the <laughs> podcast police came. They're taking it all away. Uh, I think you're allowed to do like 10 seconds. So we're good. That was technically like three seconds. That was a parody. That was, thank you for being a fan, not friend. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a good parody. That's true. It sounded like you said
0: friend, but it was fan. Um, hey, the other thing too is um, give us some feedback. Get over on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you want to give us feedback or email us from our website. Um, we're looking at like growing the channel in some different ways. Um, Jason started doing some live playthroughs with uh, with his wife. I started doing a couple. I did Gloomhaven for a bunch of hours. Um uh, more on that later, maybe, <laughs> uh, on Saturday. And and uh, my son and I have started doing a few. So where do you want to see those at? Do you want to see those on Facebook? Do you want to see them on YouTube? Uh, we could do Twitch, if that's your thing. So just give us some feedback on that. We want to kind of just put out a product you guys care about. So give us some feedback.
1: We're going to go to a little bit of news. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was some sad news from the industry And that is Mr. Sam Healy from the Dice Tower is no longer going to be with the Dice Tower as of 2020. And that's sad to me because I really like Sam and his straight to the point, no nonsense personality that he brings to the Dice Tower. So I'll miss watching his awesome videos.
0: Yeah, I like Sam a lot, too. Um, But the rumor is... He's going to shut up and sit down. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> he's moving to foggy London town to
1: become part of shut up and sit down. I think it's because Rado wants to replace him at the Dice Tower. Oh, you keep wishing. Dude, I would never stop watching the Dice Tower if that was the case. Like, 100%. That's all I would watch.
0: Yeah. I, Rado's the best. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. He's he's the reviewer's reviewer. I, I, I like him a lot. And so is Edward. Edward's
1: great. Yeah, I um, like Edward a lot, too.
0: He he's the only guy who teaches the games that I want to learn. But boy, I don't have four hours to like listen to him teach a game in a live playthrough. Sometimes that's true.
1: That is, but true. he does
0: it such a good job. I sometimes I'm like, whoa! I've watched two hours of them, you know, playing Dominant Species or whatever, a game I don't even care about. So there's a lot of really good people out there in the industry. And Sammy, we're gonna we're gonna Sammy <laughs> Sam, we're gonna miss you. He had a thing called The Dice Steeple, too. It was a podcast of his own at one point that he hasn't been doing a lot with, I don't think. But it was in, him and the Game Boy Geek. So maybe we can just call ourselves The Dice Steeple, board game mechanics featuring The Dice Steeple or something, and, and get those uh, seven people who listen to that podcast to come over here, too. We'll have 14, then. It'll be awesome. It would be cool, like, now that he's not working with The Dice Tower, if we could wrangle him and interview with him. That would be pretty neat. That would. I And he cited family stuff as his reason, I guess, is kind of what I heard
1: yeah, that's what he said on the Q and a.
0: yeah. well, I mean, good for him. I mean like if he's doing something to make his life better overall, that's great. and I'm gonna just kind of confess myself like I've definitely had I don't know like I've thought about doing a video or us doing a podcast where we just kind of talk about like I don't know if people understand I'm not trying to complain at all, but like I don't think people totally get the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I think for our show to produce it, We don't really think about it, but we probably spend, I mean, I don't know. You you spend quite a bit of time putting outlines together. We come up with show ideas. We fill out outlines. We edit shows. We record shows. So I'm guessing the podcast has a good five hours a week in it um, between the two of us. And then, well, even more than that, if you count each of our times added together. And then when we start doing video stuff, it just really can be time consuming because you've got to get your play tests in and, and your, you know, times to collect your thoughts. I do some scripting now a little bit. Um, so it's just, uh, it's a lot of time in those. And I think my better videos, I spend probably six or seven hours on of just, just shooting and editing. Then you don't, you don't consider like, you know, the other five or six hours you have a play time. So, um, yeah, those review copies are kind of cool to get sometimes, but then you start thinking about the 10 to 12 hours you're spending on that review. You're like, I just earned $2 an hour of game that I don't really like that much. So I don't know. Like, it definitely is something that takes a toll on you. If if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're not aware of the behind-the-scenes stuff, it's it's something. Um, so, like, for example, this week, Jason, I, uh, I get up at 5 every morning to get up and shoot stuff, and that's why some of my videos recently, I've got a real, like, froggy voice in some of the videos cuz I'm like first thing getting up shooting footage and I've tried to figure out how to not have that but I get up at 5 shoot footage until about 7 or shoot footage and edit till about 7 and then I go to work I work all day I get home by like 4 or 5 do some dinner with the family and then some nights I'm editing podcasts and stuff until like you know 8 and then you and I record from like 8:30 till 9:30 uh one night a week and just I don't know there's a bunch of time committed on this thing so I understand him wanting to leave for sure
1: yeah, I don't think I spend as much time on my videos as you, but yeah, it's still it's still kind of time consuming.
0: Yeah, but you you do though because you put out a ton of videos. I mean, like you just you do more than I do, like video wise. You put out two for every one I do. To be honest about it, so
1: yeah, that's true. I yeah I, yeah.
0: Jason, don't be such a humble boy.
1: <laughs> okay, so moving on from the serious news, uh, we're gonna go into some game related news, and the first thing I wanted to talk about is. A big box expansion for Goo Gong, and it's called Pan June. I wish they would name these things something that I can actually say with confidence. Yeah, And it has seven days left, and it's $50 on Kickstarter. Uh, I watched Rado play through it, and it's like four different modules. There's one where you just add some extra cards that are kind of mean. And then there's one that is going to give you this extra worker that you can play down to actually take the action that you did twice. There's um, a revolt track where the people of the town are revolting against you because you keep making them pay taxes and stuff based on the actions that you take. And then the best one is instead of always having to go up on the emperor track, you can put these extra pieces on the left and the right side of the track, and you can go down on occasion to get these super powerful bonuses. You still have to make it to the top to, sco- to have your score count, but you can go down occasionally to get really nice, powerful abilities. So, that's kind of cool. I want this, but I don't want to pay 50 bucks for it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on this one as well. Um, I've been wanting to do a video for Gugong for a little while now. Um, I mean, I know it's not like a new game, but it's still got quite a bit of interest. And um, I talked to to TMG um, about, you know, review stuff a while back. And so, I just uh, wanted to give them a review, like... So they could see my work before I like really, you know, wanted to partner with them anymore. And uh so at, at any rate, um I'm I'm looking at doing a review on that one and I so I'm like reading the rules and trying to figure out what the theme is exactly in that game. And I think the theme is you're bribing
1: people. You're bribing, politi- like, I never really you're bribing about politicians. You're bribing politicians, yeah, that's the theme.
0: There's like basically no theme in this game, but then like the theme is really bizarre. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: well, I Rado explained it on the video. I guess they outlawed some kind of political donations or something back in whenever the game was set. So to get around that, the politicians and people started to trade different types of gifts with each other. So right. they could just kind of skirt the law a little bit. So that's the theme. It doesn't really come out in the game, but that's what it's supposed to be.
0: But whoever could give the better the better gift would, you know, like, I don't know, get the favor of that. right? Um, yeah. No, I... Man, I think the Kickstarter is the way to go on this because the deluxe edition for Gugong is so much better than the retail edition and it was like 10 bucks more. It's definitely worth doing. So, if you're thinking about it, I am thinking about that big box just cuz I'm a completionist and I just I don't know, I get weirded out by it, but <laughs> yeah, I I uh I don't know. I just this feels pretty tacked on and even the description of it says, "Once we knew we had a hit on our hands, we asked and- Andreas Whatever his name is. Uh, Steading. I can't think Steading. of his name. Yeah. Uh, to add another expansion on. So we got to work making the expansion. And I don't think you'll be disappointed. So it's like definitely not something that was initially involved in the vision of the game. Right. And I don't think the game like had a lot of forward thinking for expansions when they built it, too. So I don't know. I, I kind of am not super interested in this one, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I could find it for like twenty or thirty bucks, I might pick it up occasionally or eventually. But yeah, I'm not. The game's fine as it is. Just don't play it with two. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the final piece of news I wanted to talk about is uh, a reprint of a game that I've been wanting to play for a long time, and that game is called Yido. And this is the Yido Deluxe Master Set from NSKN Game, which I think is now in Board and Dice. They joined right. joined forces. Uh, This is on Kickstarter. It has seven days left. The price point on this is a little high. It's 71 bucks, but it's a really nice version of it. If you're into the super nice versions, all I care about is now maybe I can get the old and busted one because people are going to have this one. So if you like worker placement, kind of like Lords of Waterdeep that's a little meaner, this would be the game for you.
0: This game has got to be the most reprinted game ever. I mean, honestly... I. It's got so many reprints. I think Egertspiel Spiel just put a reprint of this one out like a couple
1: years ago, if I remember right. Uh, maybe. The only one I can think of is the red box with like um the dude on the front. That's the last one I can remember.
0: Yeah, I think that might be Egertspiel. and yeah, I think it's just been out a bunch of different ways. Uh if you hear Jason get real quiet, he's he's doing some fact checking and confirming. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure hey, this is where you guys can uh interact with us. You're our friends and fans. Tell us friends. Did Eggert do this a couple years ago? I think so. Um I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Yido, uh pretty cool. Uh and yeah, it's weird because it's from S- NSKN Games on Kickstarter. Because I think it's their old account, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like they changed their name, but yeah, uh, look forward on Kickstarter for sure. It looks pretty. I wonder
1: if you can get a, a review copy of this game from Board and Dice. That would be awesome.
0: Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> Board, Board and Dice.
1: <laughs> that would be sweet.
0: That would be, uh, yeah, and I'd I'd be thrilled to do it. So anyway, uh, cool, Jason. Thanks for finding some news. I have nothing because, like, life. In other news, Joel's getting more gray hair.
1: Okay, so today the episode is going to be exclusively about games that we've been playing. So usually we do like three games, but today you're going to get 20, 10 from each of us. So these are games that maybe we might be doing review for. It could be a new game. It could just be an old game in our collection that we dig that we've just really been enjoying playing. I know that's kind of how I laid out my list. Is that kind of what you did?
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I think what I did is I think you and I both have been playing enough stuff that when we only do two to three games and our games played, um, there's like kind of a backlog of things that we've been playing and enjoying. And I think that really is the part of the show that a lot of people really enjoy. So. Um, these are just things that we've been enjoying and playing lately, and it's just a chance to just kind of freeform talk about games. So I think you guys will enjoy this episode. I think it'll be something fun for us to do here. Um, And I don't know, we're, I mean, let's just be honest, Jason, we're, we're, we're bankrupt
1: for ideas and we've got, you know, four <laughs> episodes till our top 100 starts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean, this podcast is all about talking about games anyway, so why not just talk about some fun stuff that we were playing?
0: And I mean, clearly, we talked about having Picorni on the show again, so we are not bankrupt for ideas, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I've got plenty of ideas, it's just Jason wants to, like, keep this thing family-friendly, I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the- That's so far from the truth. You're the nasty man always talking about <laughs>
1: those cheap games. Yeah, the last episode you suggested was so so rated R that I can't even discuss it right now. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> No, all right. Uh, Anyway, the first game I wanted to talk about is an expansion that I played to a game that I absolutely love. So I needed to get this out first and foremost, and that is the Herb Witches expansion for the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah. Oh my... Is it good? Oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, The expansion is? Yeah, the expansion is good. So what it adds is it adds a six pumpkin... Oh yeah, six pumpkin. It adds a couple extra books for I think blue and black, so some different powers that they can do. And it adds this herb that has no number on it, but it's going to be equivalent to the ho- however many rat tails you have, up to four. So depending hmm. on ha- how far back you are, it could always be a four, or it could, you know, be one, two, or three. But the most interesting part is, well, one you can play with five people, and that's cool. Um, the interesting part is the witches, so. There's going to be three different types of witches. There's going to be a a bronze or a copper coin witch that you can pay for her with a copper coin, a silver coin, and a gold coin. And once per game, everybody has one of those of each coins. You can use each ability once per game. So, for example, one of the games we played, the copper witch, I think, let you pull six chips out of your bag before you started and put them on your board in any order that you wanted to, if you wanted to. So basically, you were like pre-seeding your board with up to six chips to give you a nice big fat head start. What if you bunk out in those six? It doesn't matter. You can just put them back in your bag. Really? Yeah, there's no penalty at all.
0: That's like game breaking. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, they're all like that. And another one was um, you could give up one of the coins to this witch and you could take a second chip of one of the chips that you bought that round. So say you bought that six pumpkin, mm-hmm. you cash that coin in, you take another six pumpkin Boom, you got $44 worth of buying power in 22 buy, which and is pretty sweet. And you're moving 12
0: in that cauldron, baby.
1: Heck, yeah. Dude, It it's amazing. Like, I don't have the expansion. Kim and Jim brought it over. But, man, if I can find it, I'm going to buy it because it was incredible.
0: I don't like this game near as much as you. I like it Okay. But I just finished clipping all mine with, like, fingernail clippers and then putting them in coin capsules. <laughs> yes, yeah, I saw that. That's so crazy. I'm not super interested in doing a bunch more of that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: The Orleans thing, I think, made you, like, die a little, honestly.
1: Yeah, I watched that video, and it yeah it made my heart
0: hurt a little bit. Hey, it's going to be sweet when it's done, though, and I've got all the things put in plastic.
1: It did look cool. I just, ripping out the guts made me a little wheezy.
0: Yeah, I dude, I'm telling you, I played Altiplano and those coin capsules things for the chits and i was like oh this is how you got to do it and so i was like all right i'm doing all my chits in these and yeah quacks awesome. my quacks is in plastic and i love it um and it's nice it's yeah you have to clip the little edges off if you want queen capsules that are gonna stand your board and match up well but i think it's worth it and it's way cheaper than that 42 two dollar set of acrylic tokens you can get from board game geek
1: so those do look sweet but man th- yeah that's that's pricey
0: yeah no that's cool i i need to play quacks more um but the herb witch thing, like that herb thing, I I was like, how dumb is this? This is such a money grab. But then that herb thing is really interesting. The more I think about it, because if you're way behind, it's a super good catch up mechanism, and if you're in the lead, it's like
1: it it like blocks up your bag almost. You know, I don't know. So right, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I was always in the lead until like the very last round, so I never bought one. But other people were using, and they were getting to move it four every time, so they had like four of them in their bag. So every time they pull it out, that's sixteen around there cauldron
0: they really suck at that game if they're able to do that
1: (laughs) yeah and with uh with the expansion you also have an overflow cauldron Hmm. so if you make it to 35 you can keep going and you get extra points based on how many value of chips you have in that cauldron divided by two so it it gives you more motivation to get past 35 which is pretty awesome all
0: right my goal is to play quacks before the next episode again and see if i like it any better because you just are impassioned about this game. And, Dude, it, it's yeah.
1: incredible. I love it. I love it. I
0: like it okay, for sure. Um, I just It's a push-your-luck game, and I'm not super into those as much as you, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite mechanisms, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, I've been playing the best game of all time, and I'm not even kidding right now. Like, it's so Quex good. Of uh, yeah, close. Uh, it's just <laughs> like that, except for the birds come and eat all the herbs, and like... <laughs> become like powerful birds that make actions happen. Uh, I've been playing wingspan and it's seriously, I love it so much. Like the more I play it, the more I want to play it. It's just such a good game. And I've never won. Like I get destroyed at every time because I don't know. I just think my really awesome strategy I'm thinking of is going to work well. And then I ignore the rest of the game and I don't balance things well. And you kind of have to balance things to get it. So you can make the board fire to get the right amount of eggs and cards and food, you know, and I'll, fill up my food row and be really awesome at getting food. But then I'm like, all right, time to get eggs. And I get like two eggs. I can't do any better than that. So um, I'm just still learning how to play this game and play it well. But it's such a pretty game. The components are really nice. Um, just out of the box, the components are really nice. And then obviously you can buy absurd components to upgrade them. Um, if your wife is into absurd upgraded Etsy type components, <laughs> not saying mine is um, either way, but – Yeah. Um, If it gets her playing it, I'm pretty cool with it. And she loves it, like, a ton. So, we play it. We have, like, a weekly game of it. Actually, we played it twice last week. So, uh, I really do love it. And, like, I don't know, man. I didn't want to love it because I didn't want to be a part of the sheeple who are, like, wingspan is love, wingspan is life. But it's so (laughs) freaking good, Jason. Um, And, like, just the variety of cards that are in there and the variety of powers that are on them and just, I don't know, just how everything works. And And then beyond that, there's these bonus cards. And some of the bonus cards that you can get are so interesting and fun. So like I had like the historian card last time I played. And so I was trying to find birds specifically named after people. So I was like getting like Lincoln Sparrow and like the uh, like uh, Washington Eagle and stuff like that to just try and um, I don't think Washington Eagle is a real one. It might be, I don't know. But I was trying to get all these things just named after people and, and put it in my tableau so I could you know score points off of it. So I was like, I had that action going on. And then sometimes you get rewarded for having big birds or little birds. or It's just really fun, um, a really fun game. And you always want to do a couple more actions than you have. It's just that right amount of like, oh, I feel like I can do something, but I just need one more action, which is a really interesting feeling in games. I think really good games do that really well. The game doesn't take that long either. Like it feels like the game is 15 minutes long. It's, you know, probably 45 or something, but it it just plays so fast especially too. It's just a really great game. This is one that hopefully they come out with a deluxe edition Jason so that you can buy a cheap crappy one and and be happy to play it. Um be the punk rock wingspan player that you are or something, I don't know. But it's it's super good for sure.
1: Yeah, next time we get together, I I kind of want to play this. Like I know it's good and I've just kind of been fighting against it because of the hype too. But yeah, I'd like to try it. It's, I mean like, uh, in spite
0: of the hype, it's amazing. I think is what I'll say about it. Um, So yeah, really good. I really enjoy it. Well, the best part about it is your wife wants to play it with you too. And that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And she's, she's, you know what? This is crazy. I was like, "Hey, will you be on my top 100 games with me?" Like, uh, when I do it on YouTube, like I'm gonna do it on YouTube as well. And she's like, ah, "I don't know. Let me think about it." And I'm like, "All right, if you don't do it, then I'm gonna invite my brother to be on it and do color commentary." And she's like, "All right, fine. I'll do it." So like, she's gonna do it with <laughs> me, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, that is so awesome. Grow the channel, man. We're gonna triple our audience. It'll be amazing. You That's gotta, true. you that gotta get cool. Katie to co-host yours now, and we'll quadruple or whatever the
1: channel views. So that will be cool. I might do that. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, it would be fun. All right, um, so moving on from Wingspan, I'm going to talk about one of my games that I've been playing a ton that you're kind of salty about, I think. Super. And <laughs> and that is Parks from Keymaster. Uh, I've been playing this a ton. I think I've played it since I've gotten it maybe seven times, and it's a super light game. Uh, we have a video on our channel if you want to go check it out. Um, like every Keymaster game, it's got amazing production, it's simple rules, but it's super fun to play, and this is essentially just a set collection game, and you're trying to turn the goods into complete contracts, which is visiting a park. So, if you like resource management, set collection, contract fulfillment, then you need to check out this game, and I highly recommend it, and that is Parks. Like, I still don't have a
0: shipping notification on this game yet, and it's making me get a little anxious and and overly eager to get this game to my house. Um...
1: Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Uh,
0: I never would have guessed my copy of Tapestry would get here before it, but it's certainly possible <laughs> because they're shipping that thing next week. I mean, that's crazy. So um That is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So um my copy of Parks is somewhere down in the mouth of Dorian or something. I don't know. Um <laughs> So I'm I'm hoping I get that soon, but I just really want to play it, man. It looks so good. I backed it like the first day on Kickstarter. And just like, ah, man, it looks so good. And like, I have a, like the, the national, this was one that my wife will definitely play too. I have just a connection to the national parks because we went to a bunch of them a couple summers ago and like, we just, I don't know, man. And the art style is so great and it just looks like it's over the top and all the production stuff. So yeah, it's, I'm so eager to get it, man.
1: Yeah. It's really good. Just keep in mind, it's light, but even though it's light, it's super fun.
0: I I'm cool with that. I mean, light games are fine. That's what that's my wife's Ballywick, You know what I mean? So like, I'm I'm eager to play it with her. And I'm like, I don't know, like this game that I just did a review of today for for uh, Strawberry Studios, like Strawberry Studios, like it's a, definitely a family gaming kind of game channel. And it's a game that I would never play on a game day. Like it's just a super light like spot it type game where you're looking at the faces on Mount Rushmore. But it's it's a legit game. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine, and it's not trying to be anything it's not. It's a game to play with like young children, or I mean, non gamers. And I mean, like, so I think it's cool. Not everything has to be heavy and intense and whatever. So, and I think right. it's I think you know, like you and I are both kind of getting more that way. I mean, as we see more stuff and do more stuff, like I mean, Quacks Quacks is super light too. I mean, really. Um, right, I mean, true. there's some strategy in buying those chits and stuff, but it's like a light game too. I mean, so I don't know. Some of the stuff that we play is, is pretty light. And actually, a lot of the stuff on this list is super light for me. So anyway, that's true. speaking yeah, of super light stuff, the networks. Oh,
1: I love, I love the networks.
0: It's super light though. I mean, really. um, Pretty it light. It really is, yeah. I mean, it's just draft some cards, man, and, and put them in your tableau. It's figure out what shows you want to upgrade and get rid of, or how you can maybe make some other shows better. and. It's, it's kind of got this neat thing where it's got this track on the side where as things go through seasons, some shows will get a lot better their second season. And you want to hang on to them for that second season for sure. And then maybe they'll just be dead the third season, you know? Or, or you know, you got to just try and figure out how you can just maximize so that last round of the game, you're hitting all your shows at the right amount, hitting all those points possible. Um, and you got to keep getting like ad revenue because you have to pay your actors and stuff. So if you can't pay your actors, then you're in trouble. So you got to tax some ads on there. But then the part that I think is really cool in this game is that you can get ads sometimes that don't make you any money. They might even cost you money, but they're like promotional ads for shows on your network. So they get you like a ton of like extra viewers. And those are really important to have like in the last couple seasons, you know? So just, just really an interesting game. Funny too, because they have got, They've got really good spoofs on stuff. There's kind of a lot of game in the box, too. I mean, I think there's just a ton of cards that come in there, and I think there's a lot to play in the base set. But then if you get tired of that, there's, like, an expansion that comes out, like, every few months, it seems like. So and I think you guys have one at least, right?
1: Yeah, we have the British TV show one, Tellytime. Time. Yeah. And, we like, we've had the game, probably played it, I don't know, five or six times, and we still haven't played with the expansion yet. But we do have it.
0: Yeah, my my son played with me um recently, and I beat him so badly that he was like just mad. And then later he came back and he was like, "Sorry, I was so some angry about that or whatever, or sulking about it." He's like, "It's really a good game, and I want to play it again." And I was like, hey, "Where where's it at?" He's like, it "Probably it's like like an eight and a half or a nine out of 10. He's like, "It might be one of my favorite games." So like he loved it too. So it's just it's a good game for sure.
1: It really is. Yeah, I agree.
0: And this is one that you don't see around a ton. I mean, like, it's around, but you don't see people singing its praises. And maybe it's because it's a little older now, but it's a
1: great game. Yeah, it's always at uh, Origins, and the booth is always happening. It's like that one guy's bread and butter formal ferret, I think. Right. Whatever the designer's name is, I can't remember, but it's like one of his most popular games.
0: I I feel like maybe he releases a expansion at Origins every year, too. I mean, like, I think the year I was there, a couple years ago, I think that's when maybe Teletime did come out, so. Yeah, that, that's when we got it, I think. Yeah. So, I yeah, I think, I don't know. He keeps it fresh, work cards all the time, and production quality is really good on it and stuff, too. But, yeah, par- uh, not Parks, Networks. Really like it.
1: All right, the next game I want to talk about is a game I just played um, on my birthday, and, I mean, I played it before, but I played it again, and I really enjoyed it, so I wanted to talk about it and that is Crusaders from TMG. Yeah. Uh, man, this this game gets better and better every time. Uh, it's just a Rondell action selection game. You're using these little pieces in a Mancala fashion. Wherever you start your action is the power of the action that you get to take, and then you move them around. You're trying to beat the f- person that gets the most points and conquer the most territory, defeat the most baddies, all that good stuff. It seems like, like the way that it's set up, it takes a long time to set up, and it seems like it's going to be this super beefy game. But it's pretty solidly medium weight. I mean, it's not heavy at all, but it's super fun to play, and I like it a lot, and that is Crusaders.
0: Yeah, it looks really cool. They've got a really cool wooden box edition. They sell it at different cons. And, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for, like, deluxe editions, and I, like, looked really hard at it because it's got, like, this awesome wooden box that's, like, painted or embossed with this awesome paint. And it looks really cool uh, from a packaging standpoint, which I'm a sucker for. But then the game, by all accounts, is pretty good, like a good, solid, beefy, middleweight game. So, uh, yeah, it's I want to play this one at some point for sure. Jason, I got to play Dragon Castle. This is a kind of cool game. Uh, it came out, I think, a couple years ago now. Um, it's from from Kaman or Seamon or however you want to say it. Um, they uh, it's basically mahjong tiles, and you there's a tons of there's just an absolute ton of ways that you can arrange them on the table, but they're all gonna be face up. And basically, what you have to do is you have to take one tile from the highest layer of the of the mahjong tiles that's free on its long side. And then find either a match to it, like an exact match. Then you can take two tiles and put them on your player board. Or if there's not an exact match free, you take that and like a little roof piece. Or you discard it and you take a victory point. And basically what you do though is you put them on your player board wherever you have an empty spot. And empty spots are classified as tiles that are turned face down or just genuinely empty. And uh, once you have a cluster of four orthogonally adjacent tiles of the same color, then you flip them all over. And when you flip them all over, you score points. So like a set of fours is only going to score two points while a set of eights is going to score eight points. So you're trying to get these big sets. But the trick is you have to – you 100% have to flip them over um, once you have four orthogonal. It's not like a push-your-luck thing. So it's like you have to figure out how you're going to build two clusters of the same color and then join them together to make a big cluster kind of thing. And then, and that's kind of neat that you score that way. But then the piece of the game that's even like more interesting is that then you flip those tiles over and then you build on top of it. So then you have different layers on your board and then you can get like a third layer and you start putting roofs on there. So when you flip things over, you put like a little roof on there and all the roofs are going to score for whatever floor they're on. So they'll score like three points for being on a third floor. So you're trying to balance all these different ways to score points on your little player board, hundred percent, totally an abstract game using Mahjong tiles. Um, It's just a cool, fun game. Um, It's, it's not a brain burner. It's just kind of a simple, take these tiles off, flip them over, use them. Uh, Just a good little game. Dragon castle.
1: Yeah, this does look pretty neat. I've always been a fan of the Mahjong on the computer. Yeah. So when I saw this game come out, I was like, dude, that looks really cool. So, yeah, I'd like to try this sometime, too. I just haven't ever had the chance.
0: It was a Barnes & Noble clearance uh, pickup by my wife, so I'm pretty
1: happy about that, too. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. All right, so let me see. I think i scrolled down too far. Okay. Okay. So the next game I wanted to talk about is a game that I was wanting for a long time. I think it was the one game I wanted to get at Origins pretty much more than anything, and that is Imaginarium. Still into and, it, huh? Oh, yeah. I just played it again, and I love it. Uh, this is essentially an engine-building game with really weird art, really weird theme. Uh, what you're trying to do is you're buying these machines with this resource called Charcolium, <laughs> and you're... You have to repair the machine to get it into your workshop, and then once you get it into your workshop, you can combine it with other machines to make the production better, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to do that to get these in-game goals, and you're trying to be the first person to get the 20 points, so it's an engine builder that's kind of slower than normal because there's a lot of build-up, but once it starts rolling, it's over quickly, so I'm a big fan of engine builders. I like the weird theme and the weird art in this one, and I like Bruno Catala, so... This game is a winner for me, and that is Imaginarium.
0: And Charcolium, that's that's pretty cool, man. That is cool, man. Charcolium. I, I think I've got a car that runs on Charcolium uh down at the farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh well cool. Uh it looks bizarre, and everyone I've talked to except for you says it is pretty bizarre. So and I think even you'd say it's kind of a bizarre game, but Oh yeah, yeah, the like team is
1: super crazy. Yeah, there's like a set of human teeth on this one part of the board where you put cards that you discard in. It's called the Crusher. Yeah, it's super weird, but I enjoy it.
0: It's not like art. It's actual like human teeth
1: from like Correct. Yeah, it's somebody's teeth.
0: That's pretty neat. You like crank the handle and the teeth chomp your cards up. It's a legacy <laughs> I mean, game, and that's pretty awesome.
1: I mean it's not really teeth,
0: but <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty cool looking. Um it looks like uh, there's a show called, like, Oddities or something on TV at one point where these people would collect, like, little weird animal skeletons and, oh, like, yeah. old medical equipment. Like, that's what this game reminds me of for some reason. Kind of, um, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Well, Jason, I'm going to talk about a family-friendly, <laughs> fun little game. Uh Man, I... I get a little looser on this podcast. I don't know why. I just feel like I can say what I want to say on this podcast. So you guys <laughs> over here listening to this, you guys get to hear the unfiltered stuff. This game makes me... If I still had my copy of Jamaica, I would toss it in the trash bin, pour kerosene on it, and burn it. Burn that sucker to fire and death. Um, and that game is Extraordinary Adventures Pirates. It's everything that I wanted Jamaica to be. Like I knew Jamaica was going to be a light game and just kind of quick. And I was just like, but really this is this is it for jamaica like it's just well there's not much decision making that happens in this game except for like which die do i want to have going this card which way you know i mean and that's kind of interesting but there's not multiple paths really i mean there's like you can sneak off and get treasure sometimes and it might cost you an extra space but this takes all those concepts that are kind of cool in jamaica and makes some like oh, okay, there's a lot of thinking here. And that game is Extraordinary Adventures Pirates, if I didn't say it already. Um, it's it's killer because there's three tracks on it and you're trying to balance your movement on three tracks. So immediately there's like triple the game of Jamaica. And then like it's a deck building game. So whenever you get treasure from boats, you get to add a card to your hand. And then whenever you trade in this loot or to your deck, I guess, whenever you trade in your loot for treasure, you get to add more, even more powerful card to your deck. So you're, you're figuring out, and then like there's some cards that give you really great movement, but they let you pair cards out of your deck. And there's some really crappy cards in your deck. So it's like, do I give up movement early on to try and make a really awesome streamlined deck and try and like, cruise in at the end and really finish strong and know that I'm going to be slow for a while? Or what do I do? And, and so it's just got some really interesting balancing of decisions. Um, it's just a really great family weight game. It's super light. It's just a little racing game with some deck building in it and some set collection in it. It's it's just really good. It might be, this is crazy, because Raccoon Tycoon is awesome. It's a great game. Um, but this one's probably, I like it as well as Raccoon Tycoon, to be honest. Um, so, really, really like it. Uh, Extraordinary Adventures Pirates.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I watched, um, I think I watched a while ago, I watched a live play of the Dice Tower playing it. And it seemed kind of fun. I mean, it seemed okay, like a race game. But, yeah, Super it looks light. like it, looks like it has super nice components too, which is kind of nice.
0: Yeah. I kind of dinged, like there's a YouTube review up on this one. Um, I kind of dinged it a little bit because the art on the cards doesn't match the board perfectly, like stylistically, but like, I think it's really good, like really, really good components. Not perfect quite, but really good. Um, and that man, that reminds me of a message. I'm just going to let you guys have a little like Easter egg here. The, uh, the creator of Sierra West, he like, gave me the awesomest behind-the-scenes high-five. Like I kind of complained about one of the meeples in the game, and he's like, I said the same thing. I really wanted a shaped meeple for that. Maybe we'll get one eventually. So like that was really <laughs> cool validation to hear that he had the same thing that happened to him. So, that is awesome. And he's the yeah. designer, so that's really cool. Anyway, Extraordinary Adventures of Pirates, Jason. Man, we are, I thought it was going to be a quick episode.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll start powering through it a little. Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about, I actually made an audible, but I wanted to talk about this game more. And that is London First Edition. Uh, I know, I think I just talked about it last week, but man, no, I was just thinking about this game today and I love it. This is probably my favorite Martin Wallace game. Wow. Even, even above brass. Like I, I love London. It is so fun. It's tense the whole time when you're fighting that poverty. Oh, I, it's so fun. So basically we've talked about it before, but I'll break it down a little bit. It's an engine building game. You're taking these cards, you're putting them in your city. You're trying to run the city to clear out poverty, but as you run the city, you get poverty. So you're trying to make sure that the poverty that you're getting rid of is going to be greater than the poverty that you're getting from running your city. You're going to do that till the deck runs out and whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner. All the cards have points. You're going to get points throughout the game from doing certain things. It's a kind of a simple concept, but it's a simple concept done Martin Wallace style. And I enjoy that. So London first edition, super fantastic.
0: Very cool. Um, very cool. I, I like this game a lot. And I'll say this about it. Uh, I don't play it a ton, but I always think about playing it. And I want to play it. And when I do play it, I love it just a ton. I have second edition. Uh, we talked about this quite a bit, that they're different. And we both like the edition that we like. Um, and that's fine. Um, at the core, they're pretty similar games. They're, they're different enough that I would call them even different games, kind of. But... Really good game. Really like it a lot, and it's just it's the right amount of thinking, a right amount of like just heavy decision making kind of stuff, but not just heavy for the sake of heavy. It's heavy for the sake of an awesome design in the game. So really like this game a lot too, Jason. Great pick. Um, Just yeah, I want to play it right now. Actually, to be honest. Um, Well, Heaven and Hell, Jason.
1: This is one that you said you
0: thought I would like for a long time, you're like, I think you'd like it. And I looked at the back of it and I was like, this is like tiling and there's not much in this box. There's not many components to it. And it's just, there's not much to this game. And I think that's all true. Like, I think there's, it's tiling and there's not a ton of components in that box. And I don't know. I think a lot of those things are definitely true, but the game is just so really good. I mean, like, it's just, it's a puzzle. It's a really good puzzle that you're trying to solve. There's not a ton of player interaction, except for on that board where you're kind of taking things from each other. But It's just super good. It's got just layers of just really cool strategy to it. It's not overly heavy. It's about the same weight as London, if I had to guess. Um I mean like if I don't know what the skills say, but it feels about the same. Maybe a little lighter than London, to be honest. But, like, it's just – it's a it's a – I mean, like, the only reason I compared the weight to London is because it's that – it's heavy where it has to be heavy. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that, like, forced layering of, like, oh, let's add this extra thing on there to make it heavier. Super good game. It's on clearance different places, and so is London, second edition. So, if you can find a copy of that cheap, I endorse both those games as good value propositions
1: for you to put into your collection. So, have it a nail. Um, okay. So, the next one I wanted to talk about is a game I just played yesterday – and that is another Bruno Catala game, and it is called Abyss.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It looks like a Euro game that's like about like destroying each other with trolls and trogs and stuff. <laughs> that's not what at it looks all. like.
1: No, it looks like it's a, a yeah like a war game or a fighting game. But essentially, what it is, you're an underwater race, and you're trying to collect sets of different color cards to turn them in to buy these lords that are basically worth points and special powers. And the first person to get seven of these lords ends the game. Whoever has the most points is the winner. So it's a little bit of set collection and a little auction because you're going to auction off cards around the table when it's your turn until everybody's bought a card or everybody passes and you get stuck with whatever's left. So it's super awesome. I don't know why I haven't played it until now. Maybe because I thought the box was something else. But yeah, Abyss is incredible. And if you can find it, I highly recommend playing it.
0: Yeah, my friends got it. And I'm positive I could trade like something really crappy and cheap to him for it, to be honest. Like... And I might do
1: that. Oh, I want to play it again so bad. It's so good.
0: Well, he bought it because he thought exactly what you were saying that it was like a Civ Builder or something because the box looks like that. And like, even the components look like it's going to be like a little, like, light Civ Builder, conflicty type game. And it's like, even when you talk about playing as different civilizations and stuff, like underwater or whatever, it it sounds like the theme and everything sounds like it's going to be a conflicty type game. And it's not at all. It's
1: It's Bruno Catala. It's
0: abstract. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Practically abstract. I mean, like it's just collect the colors. You know what I mean? Um, So I I like it too. It's been a while since I played this one, but I kind of want to play it again. Uh, I think it's worth another look for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely really good.
0: Oh, boy. I kind of buried the lead on this one. Black Angel, Jason. um, Played this one a couple times in the last couple weeks and just trying to see how different player counts work. I don't like it at four. It's not good at four. It's too much downtime because your turns are so big. Like, on your turn, you're, like, tucking these cards to, like, get your, like, subroutines to run, and you're getting a ton of resources from that. And then you're going to do a main dice action, which sometimes results in you doing, like, worker placement actions on a sideboard. So, sometimes your your turns can take five to ten minutes long. And then people have to think about, like, just how to respond to your turn sometimes. Plus, sometimes you, midway through your turn rethink some stuff. So AP prone players are going to take forever at this game and the turns are so big and long that it takes a while to get back around to you. So if you're playing with four players, it really can be 25 minutes or something between turns. I mean, if it's a crazy amount of, you know, like AP and, and big turns that happen, um, that said, your turns feel so good and it's really fun. And um, I think at three players, with people who aren't too AP-prone, it's an amazing game. I think if I had you around, Jason, to play it with quite a bit, and you and I played it too, it, this game would be a 10. Like, it's amazing. The mechanics in it are just super good, but because your turns are so big and so rich that there's there's some downtime in there. And that kind of bumps me out, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. It's a great game. Um, basically, Twab meets Salonia... Selenia, whatever the name of that game is, uh, from the same company from Pro Games, um, and then it has like this kind of programming thing too, and it's like it's like it basically has a built-in like kind of almost with the ladies' toit, a little thing going on too with the worker placement stuff. So, um, really cool, man. I like it a lot. Um, just really enjoy it, and I just it's one of those games like like I mentioned London, that I just want to play it, or Wingspan, I just want to play it. Like this is one of those games that. Like, it's a 10. Like, it's a 10 in my head right now. Like, I just... You could wake me up from a dead sleep at 3 in the morning and say, let's go play Black Angel. And I'd say, yeah, where's the coffee? And I'd want to play. So, just love it a ton. Um, Really into it right now.
1: Yeah, this is a space game I definitely want to try. So, eventually.
0: Oh, it's going to leak into your collection, Jason. Space is going to leak in.
1: I'm sure it is. I mean, I like Twa a lot. So, if this has some Twa and it gets rid of some of the stuff that my game group doesn't like, then I'll be in.
0: Yeah, it's... It's good, man. We need to play it the next next meetup. Um and I've noticed some more space games are leaking in. Like what is that one? Space Explorers? Is that one hanging around in your collection, Jason? Yep, I still have it. It's good. And Artemis Project happens in like South South Pole or Antarctica or something, but it looks like space. That it font does looks look like
1: space. <laughs> it does look like space. So
0: I'm saying it's in space.
1: Yeah. Um, a not space game is my next one. It's another Bruno Catala game. I guess I am a Bruno Catala fanboy. I didn't think I was, but... You are, man. Five yeah, tribes
0: and uh, Yamatai and this.
1: Yeah, and uh, whatever the last one was Abyss? I talked about. Yeah, Abyss. Um, so this is Naga Raja. It's a two-player game. Uh, you're rolling these little sticks that have different sides. They have pips on some sides. They have little squiggly lines called the Raj- the Nagas on the other And you're trying to use the Nagas to play cards to help you maybe sabotage your opponent or do some other actions. And what you're trying to do essentially is you're trying to make a path on your board because this is a tile lane game. So you're trying to make a path on your board from one of the three entrances to either the left side, the top, or the right side of your board to flip over these um, artifacts. You're trying to be the first person to get, I think, 25 points in artifacts, but there are also three curse artifacts. And if you're the first person to reveal all three of those... You automatically lose so you're trying to make sure if you know where those are by looking at some cards that you don't reveal those on accident you want to make sure your opponent doesn't reveal them it's a really nice back and forth two-player game and great production and i highly enjoy it and that is nagaraja
0: So Katie and I are way similar in how we just talk about things and, like, describe things. We're both kind of a little more, like, uh, flowery and circular with our talk. And she was on the podcast with me a month ago now when you were sick. And she described this game. And she, like, just talked and talked and talked about it. And she's, like, talking about the sticks that you roll as, like, being kind of like die but not really. And just kept going on and on about the curses and stuff. And then at the end of it, I think – I don't know if it made it in the final episode or not. I go, if Jason were describing this game, he would go – you roll these dice sticks, you make a path, you flip some <laughs> tiles. That's it.
1: it's kind of how you described it. So it is. I mean that's what it is. I don't need to beat around the bush with the theme. people can read the instructions and figure out the theme on their own.
0: All right, Jason, well, the game I played you're in a kingdom looming on the edge of darkness and there are creatures creeping into your realm. Uh, no it's listen, here's the game. you're drafting parts of a card, you put them into a sleeve. You play those cards down. You either discard them to your main discard pile or your player discard pile. Then people can draft them. Then that's it. Game over. (laughs) You get cubes into a tower. That's it. No, this game is Edge of Darkness. Um, I got suckered on this one because Rado was like... This is games, games are over. This is the perfect game. This is the game that we've all been waiting for. Also, there's only six copies left out in the wild. So buy it right now if you can. So I was like, all right, I'm going to Gen Con. I'm buying one of the last copies ever to be made. And this is going to be a, a, like not even a grail for gaming. This is going to be a grail for our civilization. Like people are going to try and find this game as a sign of our greatness. It's a great work of our, our technology and era of, that we lived in. So. That's maybe a little exaggerated or a lot exaggerated because there's another Kickstarter going and they're bringing copies to Essence. So um, Edge of Darkness is definitely out there and available, but it's it's a good game and it's worth getting. It's that card crafting system and it has a bunch more to it. It's worker placement, like area majorities kind of a little bit, um, but like it's worker placement really with like a card crafting element. And there's not really even a hand of cards you have, to be honest, it's kind of like you're... It's like you're if you were crafting those worker uh, action selection kind of things on Scythe. It's like if you were able to custom craft those with cards, that's what it would be like. And then there's like some elements of drafting where you're taking the cards out of like the town hall in the middle of the city and you can take other people's cards and use them, but then instead of those cards getting discarded back to uh, the main like city, like your cards do, or the neutral cards do, they go back to their player board. And so they're able to like recycle those cards a little bit differently than if they were to go back to the main, main city. Um, and it's just neat. It's got this threat tower thing where you, if you go out and fight the enemies and take them out in the wilderness, you get really big rewards. If you can fend them off if you wait too long and they come to you then you get like a really small minimal reward. Um, But just kind of neat, just how all the different actions work. I mean, like, for example, there's one that like allows you to you have these servants and there's like different cards that allow you to put servants on different places and if you get servants stockpiled up there then later in the rounds or in later in the game you can say okay take two servants off in order to do this like really powerful action so it's like you're almost like getting partial actions to store them up on these worker placement spots to later activate them it's just a really neat game overall Um, worth checking out a playthrough of it or something uh, I just want to play it too it's the fourth game on this list that I just like man I would play this at 3 in the morning right now too Uh, if, if, you, if you agree to set it up and let me sleep for the next half hour while you set it up, I would
1: definitely play it in the middle of the night. Yeah. The size of this box, every time there's a game that's in this size of box, I automatically get hesitant because man, there's no need for a game to be in that big of a box.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put a bonus game in here, Jason. I'm going off the script. I played Gloomhaven for like four hours on Saturday and I haven't liked this game historically and I thought I was missing something and I played again and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is like fiddly bookkeeping the game. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I know it's not going to be popular with people, Whatever. It just takes a long time to set up. I even made a custom insert for it so the setup would be a lot quicker. I'm just not grasped by this game. And so if I'm missing something, tell me what it is. And I know that it's a legacy game and maybe things get opened up and way cooler in this game, but I just feel like there's so much bookkeeping in this game. Like, every time you take an action, you gotta put little chits down for hit points and just all kinds of stuff. You you can't just flip one card over to do a a, the combat action, you gotta flip two cards with a modifier on it. And like, you've gotta, I don't know, it just, it takes, it takes like the idea of D and D and puts way more strategy into it, but there's not really role playing elements in it then. And then at the end of the day, I'd just really rather play Diablo on a computer. Like, that's just where I'm at with it. So that was my rant about Gloomhaven that comes in that huge box as well. I'm just not into it, man. And so I guess this is the, day the podcast died i don't know like i'm taking a stand i don't care if we lose all our subs i'm i stand with not gloomhaven so um i don't know like i'm not really taking a stand i'm a coward but i really don't like gloomhaven it just takes forever to set up it's just i and i can't i can't get into legacy games man i just i don't know i i don't have the right groups to play legacy games very well. So um, I'm just not super into it. I don't get why it's the number one game of all time. It's just, it takes so long to set up and tear down. It's so fiddly while you're playing it. And I, and I understand that some people love this game and I respect you for loving it, but like I, for me, I'd rather play a video game. Um, so that's it, Jason, pretend like I didn't say that. Maybe edit it out. I don't know.
1: No, I mean, I'm just going to say amen and I'm going to go to my next one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so my next game is not in a big box. It's a little tiny box. It has a stupid theme about chickens who can lay Fabergé eggs. I'm the only person talking about this game, I think, and I like it a lot. And that's Jim Hens. It's absurd. I'm, it is absurd. I don't know why I like it. This is just a stupid little dice rolling game. Well, dice, you roll real-time dice rolling, and then you're using the results of your dice to move your chicken around to collect these different colored gems to cre- create sets of rows on your Fabergé egg. You're going to do that over three rounds. Whoever has the most points is the winner. That's the whole game. I don't know why I like this so much. Maybe just because I think the theme is funny, and it's just a silly little stupid game. But Jim Hens, I really enjoy it. And if you can find it and play it, I just recommend playing it once. Even if you hate it, it's 15 minutes of your time. It's not going to be the end of the world.
0: I'm going to get t-shirts made up, Jason. You remember um, The X-Files? Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. You know how Mulder had the uh, I Went to Believe poster on his wall? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a, a t-shirt made up that says, I want to believe. And it's a picture of the Gloomhaven box in the middle. <laughs> Jim Hens is, is wild, man. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't exactly understand it, but it sure has these big faber <laughs> eggs and gems in there. And it's kind of cool putting the stuff on the grid. I, I don't understand the game, to be honest. But everyone I've talked to has played it. it says, oh, it's super fun. And I don't know. You're right. You're the only person I know who's talking about this game. So, Jim Hens, man. Pretty awesome. Yeah, you're, it, you're the head of their PR team. Uh, it does feel like it. <laughs> no, it's it seems really good, man. So this is the only podcast you can listen to where they talk about how bad Gloomhaven is, followed by how great Gem Hens is. So,
1: <laughs> yep, that's how we roll. That's how we stay pretty okay.
0: I don't think Gloomhaven's bad. I just don't, like, don't think it's for me. Just all that upkeep and stuff. It's hard for me to want to keep it straight and just whatever. So anyway... Uh, <laughs> Even more absurd. Another <laughs> great little game I've been playing is called Dizzle. It's a dice-laying game where you <laughs> you play Yahtzee and lay the die on this pad of paper. Now, uh, it's it's kind of a push-your-luck game. You're rolling these die, placing them on a, a grid. You're trying to make sure that they can connect to each other and be adjacent. And then there's, like, push-your-luck. So if you really need a certain number, you can re-roll the die, but you're wagering a die already on your sheet. And it's it's pretty neat though. It's kind of a good little and right game. Uh, Dizzle by Stronghold Games. I like it quite a bit.
1: So this isn't a rolling right.
0: It is. It's a rolling right.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: I'm a hypocrite. Whatever.
1: No, you said you are putting the dice on the sheet, so I was just confused. You, you are
0: putting dice on the sheet, and then you, like, basically, wherever you put a die out on the sheet, you're putting an X on your on your page then, and then you re-roll uh, them all, right, all, and you all right. do three rounds of that or four rounds of that, depending on the player count. And gotcha. you're trying to, like, fill up rows and columns and stuff. And actually, they, they've already got the second one of this planned on coming out. So this is episodes, or levels one through four. They've got levels five through eight coming out at Essen. So, kind of neat.
1: That's cool. Well, I, too... Well, first, let me, let me preface this. So I played a Steve Jackson game. Mm. Yeah, I did. And Straight, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't Revolution. Okay. It wasn't Munchkin. It wasn't Ogre. And it wasn't one of the 5,000 dice games that he has. So what this one is, it's a re- flipping right. So I, too, am going to be a hypocrite. And this is called Deadly Doodles. Um, so this is a flipping right game. You're flipping these little cards. And you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to move through this dungeon to collect loot, collect weapons that have a letter on them to fight a monster that has the same letter. And you're going to score points for however many weapons you can get, ca- how many weapons you can acquire, how many monsters you can kill. You're going to lose points if you go through a monster that doesn't. you don't have the weapon for. You're going to double your loot if you can go through this dragon that's in the middle of the board. And while you're doing that, there's also going to, going to be some traps that come out that you're going to put on your board to try to put them on a space that you think other players are going to walk through on their board and that's going to make them lose some points. So, it's a roll and write dungeon crawl which are two things that I shouldn't like at all, but this game was super fun and that is Deadly Doodles.
0: Yeah, it's a Steve Jackson version of a roll and write it sounds like.
1: So, Oh, it is. It's exactly what it is. It's a flipping Right like Welcome to kind of. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Uh, you had a good time with it though it seems like. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, have you have you played Welcome to I have, yeah. We played it at one of the BGM cons. Did we? Uh, did you like it? Uh, it was okay. I like this better than that,
0: actually. Do you? That's what I was going to ask. Oh, boy. Uh, I think people listen to our podcast, ironically. That's what I've decided as we get through this list of games. Like They're like, these guys are hilarious. They like bash Gloomhaven, won't play any space games, hate rolling rights, except for the terrible one from Steve Jackson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Uh, My last game is one that I feel like I'm the gem hens man of this game. Uh, Little town. It's a really awesome game. Um, You start off with a blank board. All it has is like a few pieces of art on it for like trees and stone and, and water. And you place your worker there and then like, It's like uh, you're the center square on Hollywood Squares. You collect every square around you. So you collect the eight squares that surround you. So at the very beginning of the game, all you're getting is like if you place near some wood, you get wood. Or if you place near stone, you get stone. Or if you place near water, you get fish. And you can feed your workers with fish. And then you keep getting those resources to build other tiles. And then when you build a tile, it's a little like um, Lords of Waterdeep or something where you put your – colored house on there to know that it's yours. And if someone wants to activate your building, they have to pay you a buck. So you're putting these buildings out for anybody to use, but like, there's like a, like, like a grain mill where you pay two wheat and it makes like a bunch of money for you. Or like, um, you can trade stone into points and things like that. So it's like an engine building, worker placement, town building kind of game. Really clever, really simple, really good. And it plays in 30 minutes. It's super good. This is one that people should go out and play it's just, it's fantastic. And it's, it's a, I think a Japanese design. It used to be called Little Town Builders, and now it's just Little Town since Yellow Town, Yellow Games put it out. Um, it's just, really well done. Really, really well done. And I'm hopeful on this. The insert for this has just a ton of room for expansion tiles in there. So I'm hoping they have a few expansions come out with this one. I I will get them because I think this game's just, it's perfect for what it is. It's a filler game, but it feels like a pretty rich worker placement, kind of meaningful choices game. So, Little Town, really good.
1: Yeah, that, that game seems kind of fun. I saw it at Origins last year and watched some, or this year, and saw some people play it and it looked kind of interesting. So, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and say my last one real fast. It is Istanbul, the dice game. Ah. I played I played that for the first time yesterday. And this is just a little simple um, dice version of the game Istanbul. It gives you kind of the same feeling of Istanbul, but without the cool moving around the board and without being able to send your stupid relative across the board to take an action for you. It's still a race to get five gems. Whoever does that first is the winner. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's a, it plays probably in about half the time of Istanbul, which is kind of nice, but it's just, it's not as fulfilling, but if you want kind of the same feel, bust us out and yeah, it works. So Istanbul, the dice game.
0: Yeah. People want 20 games. I'm giving them 20 games. Um, I think I had balloon cup down there before. It's awesome, but I'm going to talk instead about, uh, cauldron. This is, uh, an interesting game. It came on a Kickstarter a couple years ago. Um, the guy, the designer's name is like uh, I don't remember his first name's Art, um, but he uh, he's designed a couple of games since then. You could tell it's kind of like a first design that was on Kickstarter because there's some things in it that I'm like I don't understand why that's important. So like you put these tiles down, basically they generate different resources, and then you take turns picking resources off these little like tiles, um, and then you use your you use your ingredients to make spells, and then you can use your victory points that you get your your magic points to put other tiles out. Uh, and then when you put it in the tile out, you get an ingredient off that tile immediately. Um, you can steal other people's tiles by like rolling higher die numbers. Um, it's just got kind of a lot of interesting things going on in it at one time. You can get a cellar to protect your ingredients. Um, just, it's a interesting little game. Um, but it's, it's got a lot of different little chits in there. And I kind of think I have a soft place for this one in my heart because when I was watching the Colts play this last weekend, I had a. Piece of foam core board, and I was like, Man, this game does not fit in this box very well, so I'm gonna make a foam core insert for it. For it, And it was my first one I ever tried to design myself and make, and it actually turned out fairly well. So, um, Cauldron, kind of fun. Um, Balloon Cup's great too, but like we won't talk about that one this week.
1: Yeah, I saw your picture of Cauldron on Insta, and it seemed kind of neat. So, yeah, for a tile game, I mean, I'm, I don't love tile playing, but it looked kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I don't even know really, I would call it a tile game, like, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why tiles are required, to be honest. Like, I, I, there's, like, rules for tile placement and things. And, like, really, the tiles, though, just generate resources that you're going to take. So, it's like they could have been tracks or anything, really. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So, I, I guess tiles work as well as anything. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I might be missing something, too. I've only played the game once. Um, But it's kind of take that. It's a little bit mean. Um, So, I'll, like, lend this one to you and Katie, and you guys can play it and... Be mean to each other, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I need any of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. When we play mean games, you play pretty like pacifist and everyone's just mean to you, and I feel kind of bad.
1: Uh, yeah, that's how it always is. I'm like, oh come on, don't take the mean card. Like, there's like eight other cards there. Why do you gotta take the mean one? <laughs> yeah. I don't poor know.
0: Jason gets the card played on him then every time. So
1: <laughs> Yep. That's what happened in Abyss every single time.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh I guess that's about it,
1: man. Yeah, I think uh, after 20 20 games, I'm I'm good to stop talking now.
0: Yeah, uh, I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming.
1: Keep gaming.